Welcome to The Frontline, a podcast for Christian men who are fighting for their marriages, fighting for their children, and pursuing the plans and purposes of God in the everyday, mundane, in and outs of life. Day by day, the battle's raging, lies of the evil one messing with our minds, opposition on every side. But this day we fight, this day we believe, this day we overcome. Despite the war around us, we line up, our shoulders broad, our confidence in God. Today, we stand on the front line. This is the front line. Hey, welcome gentlemen, Matt Noel here, and I'm so glad that you joined me today for another episode of the podcast. This is the front line. Amen. We are standing on the front line. You and me, man, we want to be soldiers for Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to fight the good fight of faith like Paul. Yes, that's right, like Paul. And we want to fight victoriously. We want to fight faithfully. We want to be faithful warriors for God. Amen. All in, like all in. If that's your desire, man, God is pleased and he's going to help you fulfill that desire. We want to be men who are all in for Jesus Christ. That's right. That is what standing on the front line is all about. And so, gentlemen, thank you so much for downloading this podcast. If you have been encouraged and blessed by what you've heard on the episodes of this podcast, I would love to hear from you. I'm always so encouraged to hear from the listeners. And it's crazy. There are listeners all across the world. There are countries where people have listened to this podcast where I can't even pronounce the name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so I am so grateful, first and foremost, to God. And I trust that he's using this very simple podcast to be a blessing for the listener. And so reach out to me, standing on the front line at gmail.com. And you can send me prayer requests. You can send me testimonies. I would love to share testimonies from you on the podcast so that those testimonies can be a blessing to the other men who listen as well. So today was a great day. I went out with my son and I decided this morning that, you know what, we are going to go out and apply for some more jobs. He's 16 years old and he has applied for over 25 part-time jobs in our city looking for fast food, grocery store, uh, you know, hardware stores, those types of jobs, and nothing has opened up for him. The one grocery store right by our house, he's applied at four times and still nothing. And it's been like, okay, why? Why, God? He sees some of his buddies working there from school, and he questions, why not me? <laughs> and part of me is like, I get it. I get that frustration. And so we, I just, again, out of nowhere this, this, this morning decided, you know what, let's go out Austin again. So we printed out 11 resumes. That's a weird number to print out, but that's the number I printed out. <laughs> and we drove around our city and we applied at some of the same places that we applied at before. And I told them, just go in, you know, be confident, ask for the manager, tell them you're interested. And he did that. And it was just, okay, here we are. We're trusting you, Lord. And we went to this one restaurant. We actually went to a Tim Hortons. And I think Tim Hortons is in the States as well, but it's good old Canadian Tim Hortons. And he uh, he went into this one Tim Hortons and when he got to the front door, 
um, because of COVID, there can only be a few people in the store. There was a couple, a little bit of a lineup. And the one guy um, at the, in the lineup, he was he had a KFC shirt on. And there was a KFC chicken just down the road from this Tim Hortons. And he sees that my son's holding a resume and he says, oh, are you just going in to apply? If that's, you know, that's cool, go ahead of me. That's fine, go ahead. And so my son Austin's like, great, thanks. So he went in and then when he came back out a couple minutes later, the guy was still there. And I saw them talking, I'm waiting in my car and I saw them talking and and turns out the guy's like, hey, are you looking for a part-time work? You know, what's your name? What's your age? And they made some small talk and he says, you know, I work right down there at KFC. If you want to, you know, come, I can try to get you an interview. And my son's like, yeah, sure, great, because he's looking for just a good part-time job. And turns out he he took a resume to his boss um, and showed him, or he said he was going to show him, and we said, okay, great. We drove off, went to a few more places, and just said, okay, God, if that's part of your plan here, then we trust that the dude's going to actually give it to his, his, his boss, and we'll see what happens there. We prayed about it instantly, said, God, have your way. We just leave that with you. Went on about our day, applied at a few more uh, places in the city, and about half an hour later, we got a phone call, and it's from KFC, and they're looking for Austin to say, hey, can you come in for an interview? So just an hour and a half ago, right from today, from the recording of this podcast, an hour and a half ago, I drove my son back to KFC, that's right, Kentucky Fried Chicken, some say Christian Chicken, and he went in, had an interview, and he got the job. And so on Monday, he goes back to finalize some paperwork for the bank information and all that. And he starts like probably next week. And so my son is encouraged. He's motivated. He's excited. I'm encouraged as his father. Finally, an open door from God. But you see, gentlemen, you got to keep going. And I told my son that I said because he was becoming discouraged. In total, he's applied for over 25 jobs and heard nothing back. And the job that he didn't even apply for initially was given to him. He ran into a KFC shift manager at a Tim Hortons trying to get his coffee. And because God is so faithful and good and God leads his people, amen, he led my son and he proved himself today that he knows where he wants to place my son. And I told my son that was the hand of God. That was not just a coincidence that he ran into that worker and got a job at KFC because you see God has the big picture in mind and God has Austin at this KFC for a specific reason more than just cooking chicken or serving customers on cash or any of that stuff it's more than you know wearing the cool hat and the and the, and the KFC t-shirt you know and, and earning a paycheck it's more than that it's people It's people. God has people in mind. And wherever he places you and wherever he places me, God is always thinking about people. Because the Bible, Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses all in all the world. You are my witnesses. And so God knows where he needs witnesses. And so my son's going to go to KFC and he's going to work hard and he's going to serve customers as unto the Lord. He's going to make chicken as unto the Lord. He's going to make up a big crunch chicken sandwich for his dad and give it to me on his first shift as unto the Lord. He's going to honor his bosses. He's going to honor his his employees that he works with. He's going to, you know, honor in every aspect of his job. He's going to be able to honor God 
but it's more than just a paycheck. He's gonna be able to save some money and buy some stuff now with his income. But it's more than that, it's about people. And my son is gonna be able to be a witness for Jesus at KFC. That is so awesome. And my son is feeling motivated and encouraged right now. And I praise God because God has shown my son at the tender age of 16, that I know there's been no open doors. I know you've been discouraged. I know you've been feeling bored. I know you've been feeling kind of let down of why do my buddies from school have work and not me? And God proved himself today that he was leading my son. And gentlemen, you can be encouraged by that, that God is leading you. He knows exactly what he's doing in your life. So be encouraged with that today, gentlemen. Let's get to today's topic. Let's get this show on the road. I want to encourage you today with this truth as a reminder for you today that right now in your life, God is leading you forward. Do you believe that? Do you believe right now, despite what you see and what you feel, God is leading you forward? Amen. You might feel right now like your wheels are absolutely spinning. You might feel like you're in a state of confusion. You might feel like you are even in like retreat mode, like you are going back. You are backtracking and things are not moving forward at all. But the reality is, despite what you see, despite how you feel, despite the circumstances that are swirling all around you right now in this season, God is leading you forward. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. And I want you to know that is the absolute truth. And this has been a foundational truth for God's people for all time. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have never been, you and I have never been in a position where we have had to figure out how to navigate through our life on our own. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit who would be our guide. He would lead us into all truth, the Bible tells us. Amen. Listen to Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the path that you should follow. God is leading you along good paths that you should follow because he is leading. They're good because he is leading you down them. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 to 27. It says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Amen. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all of your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left Turn or turn your foot, excuse me, turn your foot away from evil. So right now, you are on a path. I am on a path. And there are many paths in our life. There are. We know that's true. There's so many directions and so many different paths in our lives. And God wants to show you and me the right path that he wants us to walk down. Again, the psalmist said in Psalm 32 verse 8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you 
in the way that you should go. You see, you're not you're not supposed to figure it out on your own. Yes, you need to pray, you need to seek God, you need to be wise and use some wisdom and common sense, but God says, "I will instruct you and teach you the way in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you." Amen. That's so encouraging to know for each one of us. So, Consider today the path that you are walking on right now, the path in your life that you are going down. You are racing down a path. I am racing down a path. Sometimes that path gets hard. We're navigating forward. Amen. That's you. That's me. So the question is, is the path that you're on right now, is it the path that you chose for yourself or is it the path that just simply looks the easiest, you know, less roots? No bumps, just straight and clear? Or is it the path that God has given to you to walk down? Those are some important questions that we must ask. The truth is that God's paths that he has for us are not the easiest paths to walk down. But they are the right paths for us to walk down. And also the truth is, is that God's paths will have difficulties. They will have trouble. There are lots of roots and rocks and detours and hills down the path that God has laid before you and me. It's not a walk in the park. And if you've been a follower of Christ for more than a week, you know this is absolutely true, that the path is not easy. But when it's God's path, it's the good path. I just made that up right now. (laughs) I like that. You can tweet that. If it's God's path, (laughs) it's a good path. Amen. But his path will have difficulties and they will seem so long at times and they will feel like these paths will never end. They're just continuing to be the same old path. But you got to stay on God's path because God's path always leads to life. God's path always leads to purpose for you and for me. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. There is a path before each person that seems to be right, but its end leads to death. If you are just living your life making your own paths to walk down, making your own decisions, leading your own self. It seems to be right. It seems to be good. It seems, you know, in our own puny little understanding to be the right way. But if it's not God's way, the Bible tells us that even though it seems right, its end is destruction. It leads to death. And we find in the Bible, and there's a story in Numbers chapter 13 about God's people, Israel, walking through the wilderness. Of course, they were set free from slavery in Egypt, and then God had them in a wilderness season. And we find here in Numbers 13 that his people were being led by God through the wilderness. You see, God never takes you into a wilderness or a dry, difficult season and then just walks away and says, okay, figure it out. He's leading you through, right? Like like the psalmist said, David, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. So God doesn't just take us into the valley or into the wilderness or hard season. He literally walks us through and he continues to lead us through. And God was leading his people, Israel, to what? The promised land. The promised land. The land of Canaan. The land what the Bible calls the land of milk and honey. Listen to Exodus 
chapter 3, verse 8. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. There it is. God had a beautiful and prosperous land for Israel, his people, to settle in. This land was the promised land from God. And if God makes a promise, it will come to pass. Amen. It had rich soil. It had fertile ground. It had a large space. It was vast. It was spacious and fertile and with rich soil to produce uh, bountiful crops for his people. This is why, again, it's called the land flowing of milk and honey. It speaks of fruitfulness. It speaks of the blessing of God. And it speaks of being a place of life and rest for God's people. And we are living in a crazy world right now where we need to find a place of rest and life from God. Amen. No more slavery for God's people. No more wilderness. No more barren wasteland for his people. No more wandering in the wilderness, in the desert. Finally, they would have the promised land, which is a place of rest and fruit, fruitfulness. John, Joshua chapter 1, verse 13 says, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, Listen, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. The promised land was for God's people to enter into a season of rest. And I say, amen, Lord. Bring us into that season of fruitfulness, that season of growth, that season of rest, where we can just rest in the presence and in the blessing of God. Amen. Where the season of wilderness is now behind us and now we are in the promised land. Maybe today you've been wandering through a long and difficult and dry wilderness season. Maybe you're feeling worn out from all of the walking. Maybe you're feeling absolutely dried up spiritually, mentally, emotionally from the heat just bearing down upon you. Amen. I'm sure we can all relate to that. We all go through times of dry seasons. We feel maybe far from God or we feel like God is far from us. We feel dry spiritually. We don't have that hunger and thirst and that desire, you know, like the deer panting after the water, like the Bible talks about. We feel dry and weary. Those seasons come. They come to all of us. But you need to know that God is still leading you despite that. Maybe you're feeling just discouraged and heavy through the wilderness season. But listen, you are still confident that you know that God is leading you still. Don't allow your confidence in knowing that God is leading you to be removed, to be stolen from you. Never lose that. Never lose that. God is leading you despite your circumstances around you. Amen. And he's taking you to a place of rest and fruit. He has multiple promised lands for his people. God is leading you right now. And he has promises for you that he wants to see fulfilled. And even though you feel like that promise is so far away, will I ever see it? Will I ever arrive? You absolutely will in God's time and in God's way. I want to read to you some words that actually my wife Cindy wrote on her Facebook blog. Her Facebook blog is called Redeemed. Uh, if you search it up, Redeemed, uh, you'll see 
a picture of her beautiful face there and she makes encouraging uh, posts and she gives words that she feels impressed by the Holy Spirit to uh, encourage the body of Christ with. And I want to read just a few uh, words from her recent post that she wrote um, and she entitled it actually the fruit, the fruitful land. And these are her words. She says, I believe this last season had many blessings and opportunities, but also many disappointments. God's people have faced loss, separation, and delay. There have been many expectations and dreams that have gone unmet. I believe the new season and new territory that God has brought us into is one of great fruitfulness. When things seem dark and we cannot see through the fog, we can trust that God has a plan. Amen. When heartache and disappointment and delay comes, God has a plan. The key to overcoming our circumstances is to keep moving forward. Amen. I love that. We can have assurance in knowing that when life throws its worst at us, God has a plan. Don't lose heart and don't lose faith. We have been planted where we are for a reason. Our roots are going to take hold in a new fruitful land that God has brought us to. Be on the lookout for shoots of life to start springing up out of the dark ground. Keep moving forward. Amen. I'm encouraged once again by hearing those words that my wife felt impressed to write down and to post on her page. And I hope that you were encouraged by that. But that is so true. We have to keep moving forward knowing that God is leading us to a land of fruitfulness and rest. Amen. So we read this account in Numbers 13, starting at verse 1. The Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan. So he wants to send men out to spy or to explore the promised land of Canaan. The land that I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. Verse 17. Moses gave these, the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good land or is it bad land? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? And are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. And it happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. Verse 21, so they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near Labo Hamath. When they came to the valley of Eskal, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. Amen. I love that. They picked grapes and the grapes were so massive, probably the size of basketballs. They had to carry these grapes on a pole. Now that is God's fruit. What a picture of God's fruit, God's plan, abundance, prosperous, good, big, large, more than we can imagine. That Grapes the size of basketballs. That's, that's God's fruit, amen? And they got to carry it back. 
we were told we got to bring back the fruit. So come on, boys, grab the stick. Let's take this fruit back to show our leader, right? And they also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs, the Bible says. Verse 25, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land. Listen to this. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land truly flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. Yes, it's fruitful. Look at these grapes. Yes, it's bountiful. Look at these grapes. Yes, it's how God said it would be. Look at the size of these grapes, right? But they said one other thing. There's a big problem about the land. Yes, it's bountiful. It's beautiful. It's vast. It's fruitful. Look at the grapes. But there is a problem about the land. And listen to verse 28. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. This is the land that God said to go. This is for you. And now the people are saying, but the people there, they're powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in Negev. And the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. There's the problem. There's the problem. The land where God is leading them is a place of fruitfulness and blessing and rest, but it's filled with the enemy of God and it's filled not just with enemy, but with giant enemies. We need to understand there's always going to be opposition against God. Always going to be opposition against God's people. If you are on team Jesus, then team Satan and his demonic forces will always be against you. That is part of the war. That is part of following Jesus Christ. There's always opposition to God's will. So as God is leading you forward right now, you need to know there's going to be some pushback. It's always been that way and the enemy in this moment like he does to us he will try to discourage you with the giants and they saw the fruitfulness of God they saw the promised land that God promised that would be theirs it would be for them but their eyes saw the enemy and the giants all around huge giants loud giants Mean giants, angry giants, giants, violent giants. The, the job of the giants was to intimidate God's people. Who do you think you are? Remember Goliath when he fought David? He came out every morning, I believe for 40 days, to intimidate and to taunt God's people and to mock God. You know that taunting voice of the enemy? I'm sure you've heard it before. I know I've heard it before. But he'll taunt you. He'll ridicule you. He'll, he'll make you feel like you're puny, like you're nothing, like you're nobody. Like who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Look at me, how powerful and strong and, and, and wonderful I am. Who do you think you are? This land is my land. You will not have this land, the giants would say. This is my land. Those grapes, those are my grapes. 
give me back my grapes. That's what the giants would say. And they would do it to intimidate God's people. And sometimes you and I, we can hear the taunts of the enemy. And it's all in the name of trying to make you retreat and, 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 and waver in knowing that God is leading you forward. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. He doesn't want you moving forward. Trust me, I've been in a time in my life, even recently, where I've experienced times where I just feel the taunts. I hear the voices from the the lies of the enemy. And I feel that opposition, that pushback. But that is a time we have to push harder, not in our own ability, but in the power of God. And we got to ignore and disregard those lies from the giants. And say, no, you will not intimidate me. You will not make me stop. And you will certainly not make me retreat. I am moving forward because God is leading me forward in his promises. Verse 30. They get the bad report. Verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. Stop. Stop talking in doubt and fear. Stop. Silence your voices, he would say, right? As they stood before Moses, he says, let's go at once and take the land. He was full of faith. He says, let's go. Forget the giants. Forget the enemy all around. Let's go. And he says, we can certainly conquer it. I love that. That is what sometimes I need to hear from other brothers in Christ or leaders or even my wife sometimes. No, Matt, we're going forward. Matt, come on. We're going to keep going here. We're going to keep trusting God. That's called, you know, profession of faith. Get up. Fight. Come on. You know, that we need that sometimes. And that's what Caleb is trying to speak to the people of Israel. Come on. Let's go. Let's take the land that God has promised to us. We will certainly conquer it. Now listen, Caleb wasn't blind. Caleb saw the giants. He saw the enemy. But Caleb trusted the leading of God. Verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them, they said. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. This land we traveled through and explored will devour anybody who goes to live in there. All the people we saw were huge. It's like that little bit of faith that Caleb was trying to produce there, you know, by speaking words of life and truth was just like obliterated by the words of doubt. We can't go in there. We will be be obliterated. Who are we? We're not strong enough. They're so massive. And that is giving the enemy the victory. He's winning in those few words of doubt and unbelief. So let me ask you a question today. What giants are in front of you? You know what they are. I know the giants in my life. Those voices of intimidation. Those taunts. Those fearful things that can weigh down upon you and you can feel they're just too big for you to handle. And they probably are too big in your own strength. In fact, they absolutely are. (laughs) We fight in the power of God. But what are the giants in front of you today? Just think about them in your head even. What giants in your life are intimidating you? What giants in your life right now are you really afraid of? What are they? Let's be real about this. But I want you to know, I want you to know 
God is greater than every single giant that would be against you right now. And I want to encourage you with this. Don't let the giants eat your fruit. Do you hear me? (laughs) That fruit is yours. Those massive grapes are yours from God. They're not for anybody else. Don't let the giants eat the fruit. Don't let the giants in your life rob you of your rest. It is your rest. It is your fruit. The land is yours. The promise is yours. And God will lead you into it as you press forward, trusting him like Caleb. Now listen, it is known that the tallest man to ever live in modern recorded history, he goes by the name of Robert Wadlow. And Robert Wadlow was born February 22nd, 1918 in Alton, Illinois in the United States. And he actually died at the age of 22, just a young man. But Robert is the tallest recorded man in, in height in modern history. And he measured at 8 foot 11.1 inches. That's right, 8 foot 11, so just under 9 feet tall. This dude's like Goliath number 2, right? I'm 6 foot. This guy has got 3 feet on me. And some other names that they gave to Robert were the Gentle Giant. That's good. That's I mean, he's still a giant, but he's gentle, right? <laughs> the Gentleman Giant. Sounds like he was a nice guy. He would hold the door. You know, he's the giant that would hold the door and then go down four feet to get in the door himself. He was called the boy giant. Must have been a big boy, obviously. The Alton giant, speaking of his town. The Illinois giant. And also the tallest man who ever lived. Those were some nicknames that were given to Robert Wadlow. And again, like like I said, he passed away. But I want to ask you something. Let's say that Robert was still alive. And he was on your street right now and you walked out of your house and you saw that Robert was holding an apple. And that apple was your apple. It, ha- it literally had your name on that apple. Like there's there's the name, Matt. It says Matt's apple. That's my apple. That is my fruit. It's not Robert's fruit. It's Matt's fruit. And then you're told by somebody else in your life, Matt, go get your fruit. It's not Robert's. It's your fruit. And so I walk out the door, six foot Matt, (laughs) and I see there's Robert, eight foot, 11.1 inch tall Robert. How do you think I would feel? You think I'm going to feel confident to go and just say, hey, Robert, chuck me that apple, man. That's mine, right? Now, he was a nice guy from what I hear. So chances are uh, he would just flick it to me and say, oh, my apologies. But for the sake of my example here, let's pretend he's mean. Let's pretend he's mean, Robert, right? He's a mean uh, eight foot 11 giant and he's got my apple. And so I go out there. I'm going to feel intimidated. I'm not going to feel very confident just to go up and say, yo, give me my apple. He's mean, Robert, mean eight foot 11, Robert. I'm going to feel nervous. I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to feel inadequate and like I'm too small. I am going to feel it's hopeless. My fruit is now his. What is mine, rightly so, God gave me that apple, not Robert. Robert has it. And God's telling me, go get your apple. 
And so am I going to give in to fear just because of how massive this giant is? Or am I going to say, you know what? That fruit is mine. That rest is mine. That promise is mine. It's mine. God gave it to me. My eyes are on the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord. My heart loves the Lord. I'm I'm not going to retreat. I've come too far. I've come all the way through this wilderness. I've experienced so much fear and struggle and loss and just anxiety and nervousness and war and battle and fighting and on and on, trial, temptations, all this struggle. I finally come and there's my fruit. That's for me. And he's got it. I'm going to go and I'm going to do whatever I can to get my fruit back. And I know that Robert's got nothing on the Lord. He's got nothing on God. In fact, Robert, standing at a height of almost nine feet tall, he's made by God in the image of God. He's got nothing on God. God's got everything on Robert. Do you hear what I'm saying? And those giants that the people of Israel saw that they were afraid of, except for Caleb and Joshua, who believed God still. They still believed that that is my fruit. That is my land. I'm taking it. Come on, join me in faith and let's take it. That is my desire for you this morning. That you don't lose that faith, no matter how intimidating the giants in your life are right now. Keep moving forward knowing that God is leading you forward and that the fruit that he has for you, the rest in your life that God has for you, you will receive it. God is going to bring the giants down. He's going to. And we know, of course, that Israel eventually, a new generation rose up and eventually finally God had a people that would cross over with the leadership of Joshua and they took the land and they received the land that God had for them. You need to know that God has plans for you. God has desires he wants to fulfill in your life. God has rest and peace and fruit that has your name on it. So go, go and take what is yours. Not in your own ability, not because you're so smart, not because you're so spiritual, not because you're such a godly man. You need to go forward saying, man, God, I am taking this by faith, knowing that you have given it to me. Amen? No giant can stop the hand of God. No army of giants can stop the hand of God. So keep worshiping him and moving forward. I know it's a hard season right now, but God is working some amazing things out. Trust him. Trust him. Thanks for joining me on The Frontline. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.